You are listening to Meeting of the Madams. This is Amory Skye. Coming to the parlor room, welcome to another episode. Today, we'll be discussing women's health, making sure you have the objective to be mentally, physically, and spiritually well. Given we are still in a pandemic and celebrating our second holiday season in a pandemic, I hope that you have done everything you need to do to prepare for Thanksgiving despite all the shortages. I hope you are relaxing if you're off this week or giving yourself a couple little breaks if you're still having to work or go to school this week. I hope you're doing everything you need to do for yourself. So our guest today is Dr. Bridget Peters. She is a family medicine resident and she holds degrees from Spelman College, Auburn University, and the Edward Via College of Osteopathic Medicine. As well, she is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode and have a fantastic holiday break or vacation wherever you might be in the world. Hi, Dr. Peters. Welcome to Meeting of the Madams. Could you introduce yourself? Um, my name is Dr. Bridget Peters, and I am currently a third-year resident um, in family medicine in Central South Carolina. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming. So just a couple of questions about how women can protect their health, especially with the holiday season and we're still um, almost two years into a pandemic. How can they protect their health and their uh, well-being this holiday season? Uh, so generally, I try to, um, you know, I think that, we should have an everyday routine. So that's one thing. Around the holidays, I do find that people often become more depressed um, and also overwhelmed with the task. Um, as something is coming to an end, I feel like we feel all that we have so many things to check off our list and expectations of us as the year is coming to a close. So the first thing I would like to say is being mindful of that and finding that way that you cope. Um, I always give the example of my morning routine. So finding a routine in your day that zeroes in on how you're feeling, whether it be meditation, prayer, um, or exercise. So for my example, morning, um, every morning I wake up and I get my Bible and coffee and I have my what I call quiet time and meditation um, with scripture. And I say that halfway through the year, I came up with this word, um, and I fortify myself for the day. Um, and then I wrap that session up with a little bit of praise and worship, and it just sets me in the mood. So I think that finding that one unique thing that gets you started and staying grounded is a good way to overall stick to your health during this time of the year. What are the recommendations you would give women in their 30s and 40s to keep track of their health outside of their annual doctor's visit? Yeah, so you touched on something um, in the previous question and in this one. 
so one, of course, I am family medicine, so I will always first and foremost hub for coming to your doctor and having that annual wellness visit, even if you are reasonably healthy. Um, that is what the visits are for. They are screening visits um, to make sure that there is nothing wrong with you and to stay on track. Um, so the next thing for women in their 30s and 40s, Another major thing that women do not think about, um, women have different definitions of what annual visits are. Some women consider an annual visit just an annual gyne exam, which would include your pap smears and um, breast exams. And then some women include an annual exam as going to a primary care physician who can actually do both of those to do a head-to-toe physical exam. Um, so I would say make sure to do those. Um, other things that are included in Compass and Health are your annual dental visit. Um, people don't think that oral hygiene is a major part of your well-being. However, the mouth does carry a lot of bacteria, and it, it can feed to other parts of the body and affect your raw health. So I would say making sure to check that off the list, too. Um, eye exams are also encompassed in a full practice of family medicine and understanding the entire body. And last but not least, um, some of the things, especially as we enter into our 40s, you did touch on that. So two recommendations that I have for women in their 40s um, to not forget is there are different guidelines for breast cancer. Um, so one of the guidelines that I would, that I use is starting women at annual breast mammograms um, or biannual, depending on your risk. Um, getting a exam at age 40, and this is just a generalized screening for those women who are average risk. Um, if you do have a family history, for instance, if you had a first-degree relative, which would be a mom or sister or grandmother who was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 45, you should start getting breast cancers at least a minimum of 10 years sooner than that person was diagnosed. Um, the last new guideline that has been determined and is now being followed by most practitioners is the lowered age for colonoscopies. And so that will be age 45 to get those um, colonoscopies started. And there are different forms of colon checks that you can do. Um, you could do a fecal test, which would be annually, or you could do the colonoscopy, which would happen every 10 years, which is more specific and sensitive um, for screening colon cancer. Okay. Is there anything in particular that black women need to pay attention to and ask their doctor that they just may not automatically ask you sometimes? Uh, yeah. So I first want to say that no question um, is a silly question. And so recently I've had some questions regarding things that plague women, such as hair loss as we get into our later years in the 40s, um, and even sometimes in your 30s when things change. Um, fluctuations in weight as well can be a sign of thyroid disorder or parathyroid disorder, more commonly thyroid. Um, any type of abnormal joint and uh, bone pain, uh, osteoporosis screening, I think oftentimes we do not consider that, but as we get older, especially in our 60s, um, our bone health changes, and so that's another screening that we often overlook. Um, so those are some of the things that come to mind that I think that women 
sometimes do not consider, but they are very healthy. Um, another big topic that is coming up as we all age, but women are becoming more successful and independent, women are having babies at later um, ages. And so just making sure that you are well connecting with the OB guide and that your um, or primary care physician who knows your interest in having children one day and family planning, even if it's in the future without a partner, um, that should be a question that you should pose to your doctor or allow to be known as a desire of yours. Okay. Definitely um, a consideration. I know the doctors, especially if they can tell by your pedigree for that you are independent, they are starting to ask you, would you like to freeze your eggs and things of that nature once you are over 30. Yeah, no, you made a good point. So the, the consideration for a geriatric is um, 35. So once you hit that age, it's not so scary. There are several women who their kids after that age. But sometimes it's just to take that stuff into consideration depending on your gynecological health and status. Um, since we're on this issue of talking to your OB guy, do you suggest any that women take to make sure that they still have the sexual health they want to have um, after 30 when bias has to go through changes? Um, so I wouldn't make any sexual uh, health vitamins. However, all women in their childbearing age should take a prenatal vitamin or just a multivitamin. The risk of having neural tube defects is pretty high um, because typically a woman does not know that she's pregnant until after 10 weeks when she has missed a cycle. So I would say just if you continue to eat well, um, of course, I can say drink lots of water. You can never go wrong with that. Eating a balanced diet um, with fruits, vegetables, and protein, or even if you choose to be vegetarian or vegan, just making sure that you have still balance within that diet. And if you are doing some of the bad diets such as keto, etc., making sure that you are doing it with caution and just keeping that your actual health and overall term health in mind um, and getting some exercise. I think all of those things are going to keep and maintain your body to be able to bear children in the future. Okay. To calm, I guess, any myths per se, do you suggest that sometimes women start taking like supplements to have better sexual experiences sometimes? Is just something that we come across especially when we're on, like, group chats and social media groups, um, people start to talk about heightening their sexual experiences for themselves and their partner? Um, I am far from an expert if that is a science, <laughs> but there, are, there is nothing that I have practiced um, or have learned that would say that to subscribe to or prescribe that will heighten your experience. Um, there used to be a myth that if you were to have a hysterectomy um, or lose your cervix, none of that is actually true. Um, a lot of the sexual pleasures do actually occur in the brain. And so the pleasure that one may be talking about would be lubrication. And so that is a whole different realm um, that does not entail you taking supplements in order to have that sexual arousal. Okay, that's the end of my questions. Do you have any other comments you would like to add? 
Um, no, I think that as we enter into the holidays, I just hope that everyone remains safe. And of course, I will say get vaccinated because it's very important so that we can not only protect ourselves, but our loved ones um, who may or may not be able to get vaccinated for various reasons. Um, and, you know, just continue to grow and be thankful for the things that we do have. And thank you for having me. And I hope you have a great holiday season as well. You too, Amanda. Thank you.